1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Hey, it's the No Never Podcast with your host, Jamie Smith.
2: Good evening and welcome to tonight's No No Never podcast. My guest this evening, Alex Callan and David. Um season's over, but still lots and lots to go through. I'm sure you've seen all the coverage on the site already, but we will be talking about the retainer and the season ticket prices a little bit later in the podcast. I know a few people are a bit sick of the debate, so we will save that one to the end if you don't want to listen to that. You can turn off before the end. Um, we'll go through some transfer rooms as well, but we're going to kick off by talking about... Our Player of the Year Award. Voting is still open. We've been running articles all week about some of the leading contenders, um, including Kieran Trippier. Jason Shackle, Dean Marnie, etc., etc. All those are still going up on the site. I think voting's going to be open for another week, so um, you can vote via the poll on the site or via Twitter as well. Hashtag is Clarets, P-O-T-Y. You need to use that hashtag, otherwise it won't count, I'm afraid. Um, I can tell you we've had 700 votes already via the poll on the site. I'm not sure how many more through Twitter, but we're probably going to be looking at about 1,000 votes altogether, so it's been a fantastic response. Thanks to everyone who's voted already. If you haven't, please do join in and we'll get a really good result. Sam Volks was ahead after the monthly polls, but it was all wide open to me. I can also tell you three players have already got over 100 votes, so it's very evenly split at the minute. I think it's a good idea just to go through maybe three or four of those leading candidates with uh, the panellists this evening, just to see what their take is on the performances we've had this season. Um, David, we'll start with you if that's okay. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Jason Shackle, one of the front runners at the minute, he's played every single minute in the league, didn't he? And- Just imperious at the back all season. What did you make of Shackle season?
3: Uh, Outstanding. Yeah, he's 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 been a rock at the back to to, to go a whole season without missing a game. He's 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 a remarkable uh, test of his fitness and his discipline as well. So, yeah, he's he's been he's been outstanding.
2: Uh, He had a slightly slow start to his Burnley career in the Shackle. There were rumours that he was carrying an injury, but he certainly seemed to have put up. Behind him now, very and, much so. Yeah. A, a worthy captain and certainly up there with Stephen Caldwell, who was captain last time we were promoted. Perhaps, arguably, even better.
3: Yeah, I'd say I'd say he's probably probably the best defender I've seen at Turf Moor. Probably the only con, only rivals were in the McGreal Cahill day, days, but I think he's he's absolutely solid as a rock back there. And I think he'll I think, I think he'll do I think he'll do really well in the Premier League as well. I think he's more than capable of stepping up. He's got a bit of experience up there. Uh, I think he's got all the attributes
2: that we need. Absolutely. I was just about to say, I'm sure he'll be one of the ones who will find it easier than the others to step up. Um, Alex, we'll bring you in now then. What what have you made of Jason Shackle so far this season?
4: Uh, Yeah, he's definitely been decent. He's been a rock, you know, Uh, he's the kind of centre-back that we've needed. And uh, just going back on what David has said, he is one of the best centre backs that I've seen, at least in my 20 years as a claret. So, definitely, great player.
2: It's been absolutely terrific. And what about you, Cal? What's your response to Jason Shackle? Is he a worthy candidate to be up left for player of the year? Yeah, I mean, I
5: think uh, I think Shack's has been probably one of our, our outstanding performers this season. Um, I think, probably, as you say, along there with, with the likes of Vokesy and Dean Marney. Um, and Kieran Trippier but Shackles really I mean he's led when we ne- needed a leader you know he was there at Blackburn and he's been there in the key games I mean he saw Reading him and Tommy and will probably man the matches there keeping us keeping us in for a good end to the season so yeah I mean I go along with the, the other guys have said uh, I mean he's been he's been a rock for us this season
2: can barely think of a mistake either that Shackle's made all season. He's had a couple of penalties, I think, given against him, but harsh ones, really. Um, a comment from Paul, who's listening uh, via Mixler this evening, he says, it's been a great buy by Eddie Howe. He does have a good eye for a player. I think that was fair, and you could make the same case for a lot of the players we're going to talk to, actually. A lot of Eddie Howe's signings up there, so I can't forget the impact that Howe had on building the foundations that we've built on for the rest of the season. Um one player who we can't forget, of course, uh, the league's player of the year, Danny Ings, who is actually right now, as we broadcast live tonight, playing for England under twenty-one against Wales. He was picked in the starting line-up, even though he's not eligible to play in the tournament later in the summer because he's turned 22 before then, I think. Um, I don't know if I should tell you this, but Danny Ings not got a lot of votes so far. He's not up there with the leading candidates, which I'm quite surprised at. Um, that match change after Andy, who is Danny Ings' number one fan, has had his say on the site today. Uh, well worth a read as always. Um, drop this one on you a little bit, David. But are you a bit surprised that Danny Ings hasn't got a bit more love from the Burnley fans?
3: Yeah, he's uh, surprised. I think, I think probably what I would say is that when when you've got when you've got a whole r- a large number of potential candidates, people te- there's a tendency to, to perhaps. Go for the more obscure ones, and I think some. I think he's he's almost probably a, he's probably a, a victim of that, to be honest. But it uh, don't it surprises me a lot, yeah. If, if that's the case, uh,
2: Jamie's connection has dropped out, so I'll I'll step in. Um, what what do you make of um Alex?
4: Yeah, I definitely I think he's the favourite candidate. I definitely didn't go for him solely because. I thought, well, okay, obviously a lot of people are going to vote for him, so I will vote for one of the more obscure choices, for me at least. But um, I'm not sure about anyone else. But, yeah, definitely had a great season, though. scored a lot of great goals and, yeah, I hope we keep him during the summer.
2: 26 goals, I think it was, for Danny Ings. Uh, But, yeah, like I say, not really up there in the vote so far. I wonder if that's just... A lot of people assuming that he was going to get a lot of votes, so then going for somebody else. But he does need your votes. So if you if you haven't voted yet, Ings certainly one of the candidates up there. Um, Callum, has there been a, a particular highlight from watching Danny Ings' view in the last season?
5: Uh, I think I think the Blackburn game, uh, which which many would say is there as well. I mean, I was uh, I was there at the game and uh, going one 0 down, one down to Jordan Rose was. Obviously, obviously a massive thing, and you're thinking all the 34-year stuff. And I mean, it, w- it was a tough moment. But when Shaq scores back in, then when Danny, Danny scored, I mean, it was just it felt like a massive weight had been lifted not only off my shoulders but kind of off the club. And uh, and when you meet him in, in person, and stuff he's a really nice guy as well. He's grounded, he's down to earth, and that really plays testament to his role for the club this season as well.
2: We run through a, a few of the other vaults as well. Um, i can tell you, of the options that were listed on the site, I think there's 20 players that, that Kevin put in the poll. Um, there's only a couple have no votes at all, and they are later rivals. Chris Baird and Ashley Barnes, no votes yet. Danny Lafferty as well, no votes yet. Um, but such a widespread on, on the other votes. I'm not sure if these are entirely serious, but there's a vote for David Edgar. Brian Stocks picked up three votes, two votes for Keith Tracy. Not sure where these votes are coming from, but I'm sure... People have their reasons. One of the front-runners at the minute, though, is Kieran Trippier, who, I suppose, like Ings, is another his future, is maybe a little bit in doubt as he's currently going into the last year of his contract um hopefully he will sign an extension this summer and the, the noises coming out of trippier seems to suggest that he is keen to stay so hopefully that will be the case um outstanding again all season trippier he sets such high standards doesn't he david it's no surprise to see him up there again and he was in the team of the year again
3: yeah i mean he's 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 come on leaps and bounds he's defended in particular I and mean, he's always had a he's always been keen on getting forward and putting the crosses in and, and rampaging up the right but his defending's tightened up considerably, and I think that's he's he's making him close to being the the complete package. Really, I mean, he needs. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the Premier League because clearly he's he's not got any experience there. So there's a bit of a there's a bit of that unknown quantity there. But the, judging by how he's performed this year at the top of the league, it's, I think he'll take any stride.
2: He's certainly been the outstanding right-back in the Championship for probably the last two seasons, and like you say, he's defending, which maybe was a little bit of a question mark, certainly has come on a lot. Uh, But Callum, it's it's the assists, isn't it, that really raised the eyebrows for Kieran Trippier. For a long time, he was the leading assist-maker in the league, which is incredible, really, for a defender.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, having trips on the side, really, um, if, if you look at the squad that we've got in terms of we've got We've got a good editor of the ball in invokes, um, but it's it's mainly been Danny Ings actually. He's been getting the assist for, and as as the other guys are saying, it's not only not only the defending that's tightened up, but from my point of view, his assist making and his, his set piece ability, especially from the free kicks, has been has been top drawn. It's been a massive asset for the team this year.
2: I think maybe one of the only things he could add is is goals from set pieces. He had a few goals, hasn't he? But I think only one springs to mind a uh, goal in a cup game. Think it was Preston a couple of years ago. I think that was the only one. Um, but I'm sure he'll be working on those over the summer. Um, Alex, do, do you think Trippy is going to sign that new contract? What do you see happening with him in the summer?
4: Uh, yeah, definitely. I've seen the teams that I saw in terms of paper talk that were interested, I think were Arsenal maybe. But uh, in terms of, I think he's a northern lad through and through. I think he'll stay in the north. So unless another northern team comes in for him, I doubt he'll move. And he seems happy. He seems grounded.
2: So we'll just have to see. Certainly his comments to the press suggest that he's settled at Surfmore and he doesn't seem like the sort of player who's going to rock the boat and demand a move. Um, Arsenal, as you say, have been linked and that's probably because Bakary Sanya is out of contract and will be moving on. But it would be a big jump for Kieran Trippier, wouldn't it, from the Championship to a top four side. So it remains to be seen what happens with Trippier, but I'm sure uh, Sean Dyche and the management team will be trying to do a deal for Trippier and for Danny Ings and get those new contracts signed before um, pre-season at least in July, um, probably. A few more certainly up there. Sam Volks was the player I made a case for on the site. And although he was injured for the end of the season, David, you can't really underestimate the impacts he's had on last season. And considering yeah. how little he was involved last season, for him to be so important, it's a massive turnaround for Sam Volks.
3: Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a shock really to see... Uh, to see him be so significant, be uh, so influential, uh, I think probably there was quite a lot of rumblings around when Austin went pre pre the first game of the season. Uh, we're left with uh, Ings and, and Vokes, neither who had a, a real track record at goal scoring, but they've really obviously clicked, and it's been a, a it been a tremendous season from both. And I think uh, they they just feed off each other and. It, yeah, I think we we saw we saw when Vokes went went out went off injured that there was probably something missing for the rest of, for most of the rest of the season without him. So I think that shows how influential he was.
2: Our results actually held up quite well without Vokes, which is maybe a sign that uh, there's just more depth in the squad. And Ashley Barnes came in and did quite well. But <laughs> I, I was certainly concerned when he went down in the Leicester game, even though we'd won a few in a row and we had that big gap. I was worried that it just wasn't going to work quite as well without Sam Voltz. I'm glad I was proven wrong, but also it's it's such a shame that he's going to miss the start of the season and it might be next year until Sam Voltz is involved again, but I'm sure he'll be a big player for us when he does get back. Um, Callum, did Sam Voltz take you by surprise? What what did you make of him last season and compared to this year? It's just a world away, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, um, I was at the uh, Charlton away game um, uh, a few weeks back now and it was—I think it was one of the first games actually—that uh, that Danny was out injured, and you could really see that Sam Vokes kind of stepped up to the plate. And that's something that we haven't seen from him last season. I mean, he was, uh, to be fair, under under Dyche's managership uh, ship again. I mean, he, he really wasn't wasn't a player that was pushing for a starting eleven spot. He was a bit part player, just like Danny Engs, because we had Austin, who was uh, who was banging in the goals. But no, I think really this season he's he's. They say he's been world, worlds away from what he was last year, and he's been such an important player. And as the other guys have said, I mean, you look at the Leicester game when he went down; there was a there was a serious worry because he has been. He's he's the unsung hero in our team, along with Dean Marney in my opinion. He doesn't get the credit as much as Ings, as much as Trippier. But I really do think that he's uh, he's one of our top performers.
2: Twenty goal season strikes are certainly thin on the ground, so it's incredible that we've had two and Sam Voltz and Danny Ing certainly well up there in the running. Um, Like I said, Voltz was a player I made a case for, and for me, Alex, it it was the period at the start of the year um, when Danny Ings hit a slightly rough patch of form, and Sam Voltz actually scored 12 in 16, which was absolutely vital, and looking back, that was a period when a lot of people were predicting we were going to fall away, and it was Voltz's goals that kept us up there and kept us in contention and kept that gap to Derby, and ultimately for me Vox's form in that period made a big difference would you agree with that?
4: Uh, yeah definitely he Was he's sort of the, the guy that pushes the team in terms of when he's needed he will score and certainly last season I was a bit of a doubter in Vokes. I, I, I didn't really rate him that much but this season he's really come through for us and I'm, I'm really happy for him but I, I was definitely heartbroken when he got injured because you know he's, he's not it's not late in his career, is it? He? He's quite a young player. He's only 24, so definitely he's maybe he's going to miss out his chance to play in the Premier League, depending on how long it takes him to get back from injury.
2: Oh, well, I'm sure we will sign a striker this summer, but you would hope that Sam Boltz will have a chance to get back in the side when he gets back to fitness. He certainly deserves the chance to prove himself at the top Level and you would hope the Volkswagen Ings partnership gets a chance to play at that level as well. We all hope that Danny Ings does stay for next season. And one player who was mentioned as sort of an unsung hero by one of the lads there was Dean Marney. But and although for me, I'm a bit surprised he's not got more votes, he's only got a handful in the, the poll on the site. And that's Michael Duff, 10 years as a client, as a claret now, sorry. Only got a few votes, even though he's certainly been up there for consistency. <laughs> But there's just so many players out there that deserve votes, I suppose. It's difficult to make a case for everyone. We did have a few people suggesting we do a team award, but I think Kevin had put so much effort into the Player of the Month awards all season, we're always going to do something at the end of the season, so that was always a (laughs) non-starter. Dean Marnie, though, um, the driving heart of the Burnley side, I think, pre-season, I think, I referred to him as uh, having watched a bit of Andres Iniesta because of some of the skills he was showing off in pre season. But he's much more of a, a driving energy from midfield, isn't he, David? But again, someone who's really changed the opinion of Burnley fans in the last 12 months.
3: Yeah, he, he, he got my vote, actually. Uh, I think he's been, I think, steadily over the last couple of years, he's, he's improved. And I, he, like I say, he's, he's become so crucial to the team. I think. Most of the most of the games when we dropped points, certainly most of the games we lost, I, I think he might have been missing for some reason. Uh, he, he really, we really missed him in those last in those last three games when he was suspended. Uh, we we really we looked like a, a different side without him. Really, he's he's gone on from being just a steady in the middle of the park, side to side passer. He's become really quite like you say. Uh, the comparisons to to Iniesta might might be might be tongue in cheek, but <laughs> <laughs> you can see where it comes from because he has, he has he has developed that defence splitting pass. Uh, gets gets in the box, gets gets on the end of chances occasionally as well. Yeah, he's I think he's had a, a fantastic season. I think he's certainly the most improved player for me, uh, without any shadow of doubt.
2: I think he's added so much to his game in the last year. I mean. Like I said, it was a bit meat and potatoes almost, wasn't he? I mean, he used to get referred to um, as like a James O'Connor plus type figure, which looking yeah. back was harsh. But at the time, sort of a year, 18 months ago, you could see why the comparison was happening. He didn't really have that much impact on games. But now the partnership between Marnie and Trippier, Marnie finds Trippier so many times behind the opposition fullback. It's obviously not an accident. They obviously work on that one very hard. Marnie himself breaks down to, into the channels a lot these days. Saw so in the, the the crucial goal against Wigan that ultimately sealed promotion. That was a Dean Marnie running to the channel and across for Ashley Barnes. So certainly, totally different to last season. Um, Callum, what's your take on D Marnie been in last year?
5: I really think he's gone uh, he's gone leaps and bounds in terms of progression. Um, and I think that's mainly down to the fact that he's a uh, I mean, everyone's mentioning the players around him, but I, I genuinely think that Dave Jones uh, this season's really, really helped him out. Because if, if you look at the Burnley games, um, you've got you've got Dean Marnie who breaks up the play. You've got Dave Jones who's a, who's a quality passer at championship level. I mean, it, it's yet to be seen what it'll be like against Premier League standard players. But, I mean, Dean Marney he gets the ball. And as you say, he can make those runs full because he knows that Jones will hold. And they've both got a good shot in the locker, and um, I really think that he's uh, the reason he's progressed so well this season is uh, is down to the fact that he's got uh, Jones as his midfield partner.
2: I absolutely agree. We, we've said uh, numerous times on the podcast talks about Chris McCann and and how the McCann Marnie partnership wasn't really suited. They were maybe a little bit similar in some ways, but Jones and Marnie it seems absolutely perfect fit. And the signing of David Jones one of the crucial parts. For me and our success this season partly in that it's allowed Dee marnie to go and play a little bit further up the pitch and affect games in the way that he's shown that he can in the last year that maybe a lot of people didn't really think he could um alex what about you what your thoughts on De marnie marnie and jones arguably the best partnership in the division
4: yeah yeah they get they get a lot of assists they're, they're solid midfielders um yeah, pretty much. If I had one maybe little criticism about Marnie, though, I think sometimes he does take a lot of shots outside the box. <laughs> when it when he could go for the pass, that's my like one criticism. I, I know it's like quite a lot, but yeah, he is a great player, definitely.
2: I, think, I actually think Marnie, he's well aware that his shooting isn't the best, and I think yeah. he only shoots now if If like really invited to if if it's too good an opportunity to turn down, we did chip in with a couple of crucial goals in in January when goals were a little bit harder to come by we can't really forget about that and one of the things about about Marnie for me was um that when he was out injured sort of october November, that was our worst period of the season. So we clearly missed him quite badly at that time, and it was no coincidence that when he got fit and got back in the side our form turned upwards again so Dean Marnie certainly deserves to be a leading contender and he certainly is so far in the poll he's one of the players who's right up there like I say three players have got over a 100 votes already keep your votes coming in we've got a couple more articles to go on the site in the next week I think and you can vote through Twitter as well use the hashtag Clarets P-O-T-Y to make sure that vote counts and hopefully we'll be able to announce the winner on next week's podcast next week's podcast will probably be the last one before our summer break but we will keep you informed about that. Still plenty to get through, really, on tonight's podcast. Even though the season is over, uh, the retainer, we will do it a little bit later. So if you're full of righteous indignation about the retainers, please do stick around. And if you're sick of the debate, I won't mind if you turn off before we start talking about that, I promise. Um, but we will do a couple of transfer rumours first. Transfer rumours, obviously, everyone loves. A bit of transfer rumours. Just had Callum asking on our little chat thing about um, Ross McCormack, who is a name a lot of Burnley fans have been mentioning since the start of the summer. Really, I haven't heard anything extra about that, but McCormack certainly a a player who's been in good form in the last year. Um, Various other players, really. Read out some of the names that the newspapers have been linking with. There's not that that means there's actually anything. Any truth in the matter, it just means that someone in the papers has, has picked up on it. But we've had Craig Gardner, Phil Bardsley, Chris Eagles, Troy Deeney, Ludovic Sylvest, Charlie Austin. So many different players. It's, it's almost hard to keep track. David and Gog, believe it or not. I suppose strikers is probably a good place to start, isn't it? I think we've um, just lost Alex temporarily, but we will press on. Uh, strikers certainly towards the top of Sean Dyche's agenda for the summer shopping. David, would you agree with that? And Troy Deeney, yeah. Ross McCormack, do you think these uh, are the sorts of players that we're going to be Dini, interested
3: in? Deeney, definitely. I'd be amazed if if Deeney's not at the top of his list. Obviously, you know, you know, we know one another. I think uh, Deeney holds Dash in high regard, so I think he fits that bill, and he, he also looks like a sort of player that would fit the team well. I think he'd, he'd complement Ings well he'd also, I think, it'd work well on on his own as well if if things wasn't around. So I think definitely, Dini. Uh McCormack. I'm not sure about McCormack. I think he scored a lot of goals in the, in a the, in the fairly poor Leeds team. Uh, I just I'm not sure where he'd fit into our team. To be honest, I think that's just lazy journalism. Really, probably just think looking at the leading scorer in the championship and linking him to a promoted side.
2: So a two and two together and get him fifteen yeah. type thing. Troy Deeney, of course, is is quite an interesting one because he is familiar with Dash. After they were at Watford together, I think Dash was assistant or on the coaching staff or something there. Uh, Deeney's been in prison since then, but by all accounts, is a bit of a reformed character and has scored a lot of goals in the last couple of years. So certainly an interesting one. Probably would take, be six million to get Troy Deeney. So. Sort of. A bit of a gamble, but all transfers probably are. Uh, a couple of the most recent ones that uh, Sky Sports understands type links, so feel free to take these with a massive pinch of salt. Um, Stephen Reid, utility player from West Brom, I think formerly of Blackburn Rovers as well. He's capable of playing various positions. And Steve Cook, the centre back from Bournemouth, um, probably will be in the market for a defender as well. Would you think, Callum? Michael Duffy's getting on a bit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah you wouldn't expect us to to rely on him for much more for much longer
5: no um, I mean I I get your point there I think uh, I think when you look at Michael Duff as you say he's been there for 10 years now and um, he's been he's been a great servant to the club but I think really we've got to look for some some young blood some fresh players uh, with 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 regards to the defence I think to be honest I think our midfield our midfield's fine but as you say defence and strikers we definitely need to um I think another one we could look at actually is um, is Liam Moore for Leicester, who's in the under twenty one setup at the moment. I think, um, and he hasn't been getting regular games for Leicester. So I mean, he's he's a young talent. I think we've been a top we top clubs after him, but it's going to take something special. But I think we do need we do need some young players because obviously Duff's getting on Shackles, I think thirty thirty one maybe. So I mean, I think Shackles got a few years left in him yet. But Duff, as you say. I think he's probably he's probably gone off this season, so I think that's definitely one. But on the Troy Deeney note, um, I agree with David. I think he'd be an excellent signing. Um, he's got the knowledge of Deitch. He's worked with him before, and uh, Deitch, Deitch is a is a man manager. You know, he's got got great man management skills, and he'll know how to treat Deeney and how to keep him in check and make sure he's not not too confident, um, and he works to get in the team.
2: Well, hopefully Deeney is on straight and narrow now. Uh, doesn't seem to have been that much uh, negative chat about him in the last year or so, so hopefully all that is behind him. Uh, James has had an interesting comment on um, the chat. He says Watford want about $6 million or even more for Troy Deeney. can only see him come into turf more if another striker leaves. Um, Danny Ings, of course, his, his future is in doubt is probably the right way to put it unless he signs that new contract maybe going to have to sell in this summer perhaps Alex I think um, we've got your connection back up and running what, what do you think of the the Ing situation do you agree that Deaney will be more a replacement for Ings than a an addition to the current strike force uh
4: yeah definitely I think Troy Deeney's he's a first team player he's not we're not going to sign him for a backup Uh I mean, if he, if he came and we kept Ings, it would probably be Ings and Deeney and then probably uh, Barnes on the bench. But, yeah, definitely. we. I, I hope we keep Ings. He's a really great player and I want to see him play for us at Premier League level to see how he does. But, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see.
2: Another striker who has been linked and this, this could easily be a case of lazy journalism. So, again, take this one with a pinch of salt. But Charlie Austin... Um, maybe just a case of of a former player on QPR, of course, Um, might well get promoted yet. They've got the the playoff final to come, haven't they? They did beat Wigan, didn't they? I'm questioning myself now, but Charlie Austin, injury problems, maybe, um, could put people off. And there was also the fact that our results were actually better without him last season, even though he scored all those goals. It's a real funny case, Charlie Austin. Um, But, David if you've got a player that prolific who's pr- potentially available and this probably does depend on QPR losing the playoff final <laughs> would uh, you be able to turn it down what would your reactions be to a Charlie Austin I think it I
3: I can't see it happening for a start but it, I, I I'm not sure I'm not sure of the benefits of it really I think like you say we we have we have become a better team without him in a in a perverse kind of way uh it'll I, I, be on a lot more money than than we're even prepared to pay in the Premier League, I imagine at, at QPR. So it'd probably have to take a, a pay cut just to just to join us in the Premier League, even if QPR stay down, because it'll be on it'll be on big money there. Uh, I just don't see it. I think it's just it's just paper talk. I think. I
2: hope he does get a move to the Premier League because I'm sure he would score goals wherever he goes. He seems a sort of striker who would step up. But like you say, it would probably be a pay cut to come and play for us, which is maybe a little bit unlikely. And Austin at Burnley didn't really fit in into Sean Dyche's style. So, yeah, maybe just a paper total link. What, what do you think of that one, Callum? Um,
5: If I'm honest with you, uh, I think I, do, I agree with David. Um, I think Austin's is a clinical finisher, um, but in in my opinion, he left for someone who's got more ambition, who's got more money, had more to offer him at the time. Um, and I, I also don't think it'd be uh, well received by the fans as well if Deitch was to try and sign him. Um, I think once a player's had his time here, if he leaves gracefully, then then it's probably he's probably willing to come back. But I think Austin. Although he did leave gracefully I think he kind of it was there, was there was a sense of his need for money in the in the transfer very much like Chris Eagles and Tyrone Mears when they left with coyle back in the promotion season um, so I really do think that that it's not a good one um, and really we need to be looking for for someone younger. I mean uh, you've seen we picked up Ings as a a 19 year old was it 19 18 year old. Uh, from Bournemouth and uh i mean look what he's up, bec- on look what he's come on to become so i think really we've got to look for some for some young blood someone who's probably making it into the young england setup but not well recognised on the uh on the club stage yet and uh maybe maybe bring them through don't play them next season but have someone else you say someone like a troy deeney who's proved at championship level to try and take into the premier survive
2: one name that james has just mentioned on the chat is um Wilson, the young striker at Manchester United, he scored a, a brace on his full debut um, the other week, potentially could quite out on loan this season. There's quite a few players, actually, who've been out on loan from Premier League clubs who might be worth the look. Jesse Lingard, another from, from Manchester United, so when attacking midfielder come forward, He scored quite a few goals um, at Birmingham City. But Yeah, various players who, who might be available on loan deals if we are looking for a bit of a stopgap gap until Sam Volkes is back. But, yeah, Charlie Austin, for me, maybe one of those paper top ones. One player I was a bit surprised that there wasn't more talk about was Lewis Grabben, who's had a very good season at Bournemouth. He's first in the Championship, so it will be a bit of a gamble. But Cardiff, I think, had a £3 million bid accepted for him. So it would be very interesting to see how he gets on next season because I, I thought he might have been worth a look. And another... Um, he hasn't really been in the papers a lot, but I certainly think he's interesting. He's Brit Asambolonga from Portsmouth, who's scored a hell of a lot of goals at League One. Um, it's a massive, massive jump for a player to come to the Premier League level, but he certainly seems to have some talent and I think that one's worth asking the question to see what sort of money they're after. Um, Alex, if we can come back to you, Assambalonga will be a difficult one for, for the likes of me and Phil Bird, who have to talk about these players on air. But um, maybe maybe the sort of player who would catch the eye. What's your take on players like Austin, Assambalonga, Wilson? Are there any of those names particularly standing out for you?
4: Um, Austin is definitely one that I would stay away with, just to build on the points. He's a bit of a, a bit of an ego, and I, I don't I don't like him as a team player. And that's the sort of team we've got right now. is a team. It's not individual players like Austin who will score goals. And the situation we had last season with Austin, it reminds me a bit of the sort of situation Leeds are having with uh, Ross McCormack right now, where he'll just score tons and tons of goals, but it doesn't make a difference to league position
2: that'll be interesting and I think um, someone else is worth throwing into the same sort of category it's probably Jordan Rhodes from Blackman Rovers is probably going to be out of our price range because they're reported to pay about 7-8 million for him and he's apparently on ridiculous money there so probably wouldn't come to the club like us but Jordan Rhodes um, if if it was possible to get someone like him in I'm sure he would be on the shopping list of, of quite a few bottom end Premier League teams um, So, yeah, transfer room, so many players out there, nothing concrete yet, and we'll probably have to wait quite a few weeks until we see any real movement going on. We haven't even heard anything, really, about players like Chris Baird, who out of contract this summer, not really any word on whether we'll try and keep him. Michael Keitley, apparently there was a clause in in his loan deal that we would turn that into a permanent deal, but nothing as yet. You'd expect those two to probably get done towards the start of the summer, but nothing yet, nothing yet. So no news to report, unfortunately, on that front. But of course, there will be lots of coverage all summer on transfers on and Ever, so please do keep an eye out. Um, something else, there has been a lot of coverage on, on Northern Ever, and I know some people are a bit sick of this, but I, I feel like it's such a big Divisive topic that it would be remiss of us to, to completely ignore. It is the retainer. Um, if if you've been living in a cave for the last week or so, I'll, I'll briefly fill you in on what's happened. Um, season tickets went back on sale. I think it was a week today, a week today, Monday, um, and not only was there quite a big price rise for, for various areas in the ground, um, Burnley Football Club has asked fans to pay a £100 retainer, which effectively is a down payment on next season's season ticket. So it's a £100 contribution to, to games that you're not going to see for a couple of years. Understandably, this got quite a lot of fans quite upset. We've seen various views or none and ever. on all, and all over the last week people set about the decision and particularly the way Chief Executive Lee Hoos has been speaking about this in the press where he's basically accused people who had a season ticket the last time were in the Premier League but then didn't renew it of being Premier League fans. 5,000 fans didn't renew and he's accusing them of being Premier League fans which is extremely divisive. Um, we will go through the panel and if, if you are listening, please do join in with your comments because we're very interested in finding finding out what everyone thinks about this. We've been running a poll on the site all in the last week and I'll, I'll let you know the results about that, that shortly. Um, Callum, shall we start with you? What's your view on this retainer?
5: Um, I mean, with the whole with the whole thing that came out Monday, um, I've got mixed feelings about it, to be honest. I mean, most people are very negative. The club's doing everything wrong. Um, I think with the retainer, they are doing something wrong. Uh, I think that it's, I think that it's basically it's it's buying fans. Um, well, not not buying, but it's it's basically trying to bring in fans next season. I can see why they're doing it because there's a there's a chance. We've got to be honest. There's a chance that we'll go straight back down again, um, and we don't want what happened last time, which is to lose. What was it? Five thousand season ticket holders. that only went for the prem season. We don't want to do that again. But then again, I mean. Only be in a northern town. Some people don't have a hundred quid just to put into put into a club for next season. You know, so I mean that's it's it's quite a lot of money for for people that maybe maybe can only just afford the season ticket. And with the rises, I can I can see that in a way because people who are fully committed to the club would have renewed on the early bird on the early bird scheme. But then again, people maybe who could say they couldn't afford it at the time can afford it now may feel ripped off but I believe that I mean we can we can say what we want but the club have made the decision and I think the club have in the past had the fans best interests at heart so I think we've just got to trust them on this one
2: I think that's an interesting view um, there has been some suggestion in the last few days especially that this, this is just a situation that we stuck with and we have to accept it um, after some of the initial outcry the club did change the name Um, from a retainer to a voucher basically means the same thing. It's still essentially a deposit on um, 2015 to 16 season tickets. Um, So the club is asking for that commitment and Lee who says that people should view it as a two-year season ticket. Um, I suppose the idea behind it, David, to try and get people to commit to the club sort of medium term and to try and get them to come back, the idea seems fairly sound. Is is it maybe the way it's been sold that's got people upset? What What's your yeah, view on that? Yeah,
3: I think it, I think the initial announcement was lacking in a bit of detail. I, I think the, the the and the club, I think through having to issue their later uh, like Q and A section, like uh, kind of admitted that themselves. I think there was a bit of even the, even the people that were generally in agreement with it. I think there was unanswered questions. Uh, so yeah, I think I think the the principle of it, I'm not. I'm not entirely against. I think the retainer. I've ummed and had over, and I'm not. I'm still not sure where I sit on it. But I think, like like Callum said, I think the clubs, the clubs not trying to fleece anyone. I think they genuinely are trying to. They're trying to secure fans for for more or season ticket holders for more than one season. Which, yeah, it's a controversial view, but I can see where they, I can see the angle they're coming from. Uh, whether you agree with it or not.
2: We, we ran an article that um, generated a lot of debate from one of our contributors, Natalie Bromley, who um, said from a commercial point of view, from a business point of view, it's an absolutely genius idea. That was the word she used. She says it's genius. And I suppose if you look at it from that point of view, there are certainly merits to it. But the problem is a lot of supporters are unhappy with being branded premier league supporters by lee Hughes. and
3: yeah <laughs> i think uh, i think lee Hughes' comments would probably inflame matters rather than help them I think, uh, I think i think
2: that's absolutely right yeah and, i think to ta- I, think, I know you, you felt differently about the faq but i i thought it was personally a little bit patronizing
3: yeah there there's, there's, a, there's a, some elements of it but i think in fairness to the club a lot of the questions that were being asked Needed to be answered in a very simplistic way, probably, and that's probably the only way to. The risk of doing that is is, is patronising people. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it's a it's a tricky one. I mean, I'm not. I, I think I, I did a bit of a, a story on on the website, and kind of the, the the actual costs, I don't think are that high compared to previous seasons. I think, uh, I think we, the, the the season just gone is, is slightly slightly skewed things because. The prices had to be reduced so much because of the some of the dire dire football that was seen in the previous season. Uh, but if you compare like the last four or five seasons, it's not that bad.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's not so much the prices, is it, that's got people upset. It is the retainer, and may, maybe the the sort of double whammy—the fact that the prices have gone up and it's another hundred mm. quid as well. And um, there were some people who. I I personally thought it was quite clear what was going on when they announced it, but there were people who weren't sure uh, what this 100 quid meant, and the club has had to clarify that. Uh, I I thought they were taking us for for fools, really. I wrote an article on site, you might have read it already. Um, Headline quite provocatively, Burnley FC, do you think we're stupid? And it sort of felt to me like they were trying to pull the wall over our eyes. It felt a bit like they were being really condescending, saying, oh, no, it's not what you thought it was, it's this, and that means it's all fine. Where I, I think that stirred up a lot more anger, but it's difficult in a way as well, because we're all we're all passionate, engaged fans, but you don't necessarily get the representative view. There's a lot of people in and around Burnley probably seeing ticket holders. They've been seeing ticket holders for a long time, but at the early bird, and it's quite possible that they think this is a brilliant idea. So we do have to be careful to... Try and cover all angles of this debate, but there are a lot of people who um, are quite upset at this. And our, our poll results, as it stands, we just shy of 500 votes, and we've got 352 people saying it should be scrapped completely, and 130 saying uh, no, they should keep it. So almost three to one in favour of having it scrapped. Um, maybe even a, a compromise where they scrapped it for. for Kids and old age pensioners, maybe that would be suitable. I mean, the, the children's prices are, are quite expensive now, and to add another hundred quid onto that, it gets quite difficult. Alex, what's your view on the retainer? Uh,
4: I guess the whole issue is a bit it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, in my opinion. I mean, it's a combination of uh, bad handling by the club in terms of communicating with the fans about what it is and what they're trying to do and the the comments that were made but to some degree I do I guess sympathize with the comments because you know you've got 5,000 fans not renewing you've got at the start of the season at least I noticed that there weren't as many fans and then you saw it gradually increase as we went down the season so I guess in some ways they're not unwarranted, unwarranted comments if you know what I mean
2: yeah, we've just had a, a comment from uh, another Alex actually. He says, The fact is, if you wanted a Steam ticket and had to wait until we were confirmed as being in the Premier League, then you are a Premier League fan. And um, I find that quite dispiriting that, that fans have quite happily bought into this sort of divisive language. It's all the sort of true fan and real fans, proper fans and Premier League fans. <laughs> I think Kevin put it best for me in his piece of the site. He said, Anyone who wants to pay their money and go through the turnstiles at Turf Moor, is a Burnley fan. And to try and categorise people differently, it all comes across a bit unfair to me. And one of the, the key things for me now is that if, if you're a family of four trying to buy season tickets for the coming season, you have to put down an extra 400 quid for for the next season. That's that's the price of another season ticket for an adult in the Jimmy McClure, it seems absolutely crazy to me. Um, A couple more comments to go through as well. Rick says, it seems like the club are already expecting relegation with this, A-Retainer. Again, I think that's a really good point and that's one of the reasons people are so upset. There was... A little bit of a clarification in the FAQ where they said something about um, wanting to offer people two years of Premier League football at bargain price, but a lot of the damage things have already been done by then. Um, Ryan says I couldn't afford it, but I made sacrifices, swapped Asta for Aldi, and started nicking bog roll from work savings tips from Ryan that if you are struggling to afford a season ticket maybe you should be downgrading your supermarket (laughs) maybe I have to run an article on the site about how people can save a bit of money um Paul says it will be interesting to see if any other clubs do it next year that's a really good point as well for me If this is such a brilliant idea why hasn't anyone done it yet why are we the first ones to do it and Ryan says I'm not asked what league we're in I will watch Burnley in any league I think a lot of people are the same so yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's very divisive. I think, and on and ever, we are going to have to move away from it a little bit because people are a bit sick of the debate. It is a bit of a shame that we've not been able to to affect any change, especially when our own research, our own research suggests that there is quite a strong opposition to this. But there's only so long you can keep making the same arguments. So we are going to have to leave it alone a little bit. Um, if if you do have any strong views on it, please do feel free to get in touch, though, and we will take a look. But, like I said, there's only so much we can do on this, and we are going to have to move away a little bit. Like I say, voting ish, 3 and 1 in favour of having the retainer scraps, but it looks like we're going to be stuck with it. And that does mean if you want a season ticket for next season, um, you're going to have to pay an extra 100 quid. Um, one thing also on season ticket orders on a slightly different note. There is the possibility of having a see, a singing section, excuse me, at Turf Moor next season. Um, the idea, it's very early stages, this idea. So we are currently sort of trying to feel out how much interest there is. Um, essentially, we are gauging a little bit of interest to see if people will be up for this. But the idea is to have it um, in the James Holmby's lower uh, at the the event. The end towards the, the David Fishick and the away end. So um it's but one and two, so right down by the corner flag. There's not many scene tickets been sold in there so far. So the idea is to try and make that a really vibrant, noisy, loud environment that can really help uh, create a really good atmosphere at Turf Mall. So if you would be interested in buying scene tickets in there and making it a scene a singing zone and um, doing as much as possible to to build the atmosphere there. They're talking about banners and flags and things like that, um, sort of basing it on Crystal Palace and the scene they've had with the fans making such a, a great racket and really contributing, I think, to to the way they managed to survive. So I think that's the idea. Um, but we do need people to say that will be interested. Um, if you've got a singing ticket already, the opportunity would probably be there for you to move into um nl1 and nl2 it's known by as a club it is the bottom end of the long side towards the away end that's where they want to put it and we will do as much as we can to collaborate this but we do need someone who's going to go in there and help be our link because none of us are going to be able to sit in there all next season i'm afraid so please do get in touch if that's something that would interest you and you are interested in having a scene ticket in there we will do ...as much as possible to push this idea forward. Um, You can get in touch with us on email. As always, our email address is blog at nonanever.net and you can tweet us as well. Our address on Twitter is nonanever.net. So please do get in touch if that sounds interesting to you and we'll do as much as we can to get this moving. Like I said, there's lots and lots of spare seats in there at the minute, so you should be able to buy tickets in there relatively soon. And also, if you've already got a season ticket, you can switch and you'll only have to pay, I think, the difference to move in there. So we will probably get something on the site about that as soon as possible. Please do get in touch if you are interested. Um, That's about all we've got time for tonight, I'm afraid. It's been an interesting show, despite no actual football to talk about. Um, We've done lots and lots of transfer rumours. We've gone over the, the retainer debate probably for the last time on it ever. We've also done player of the year, just the final point on player of the year. You can still vote. On the website or via Twitter using the hashtag P O T Y, Lots and lots of leading candidates. You've got people like Marnie, Trippier, Heaton, who we didn't mention earlier. Sam Voltz, Danny Ings, Jason Shackle. Lots and lots of players. You can make a case for almost everyone. There'll be articles continuing to go on the site for the next few days. And I think voting will close in the next few days as well. We'll probably announce the winner on next week's podcast, which will be an award special. So we'll hopefully be announcing the Player of the Year winner. Various other prizes that we will dish out. No actual prizes, but we will talk about them on the podcast. Um, But thanks to everyone who's listened this evening. We must also thank our sponsor, Neville G, who, um, without their support, we would not be able to do the podcast or anything on the site. Thanks to Alex, Callum and David for joining me this evening. Thanks to everyone who's listened and we'll be back next week. Thanks a lot. Good night.
0: You've been listening to the No Name Never podcast. For more
1: If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.